You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast brought to you by ascully.com. And here are your hosts, Ace Scully and Sid Talk. Welcome listeners, welcome Sid Talk. Yeah? Oh, sorry, sorry. I wasn't paying attention to you. <laughs> Why? <laughs> are there other things in the world happening? Well. Right, this moment though, I'll try to focus. I'll try to focus. What's the before the after the show discussion here? Hmm, we're talking about movies, a little bit. Yeah. That poster for this movie. What else? I don't remember. You were talking about, (laughs) I'm just checking, yeah, I'm checking the movie itself. Yeah, listen to you popping open that box. I don't know, it was a random choice of things, as all discussions between husbands and wives should be. Yes. We don't have an agenda outside of your little line, what is that called you're looking at there, your little template? Yes, a lot, <laughs> a lot of it was about this movie. So Correct. Yeah, because we have a lot to talk about with this movie. Mm-hmm. So um, it is Saturday. We did have an earlier discussion about like what is it that gets movies nominated for and winning Academy Awards like in a, in a modern world. How do we really think about that anymore? So that was an interesting discussion. Whether it was irrelevant now? But it isn't because you still want no. to, in any industry or any place, I mean, people like to acknowledge you know quality but then in the arts it's extremely difficult to measure and we was talking about that because this week the academy announced that there'll be a new award from 2020 called the most popular movie award which i said to you sounds like something from the mtv music awards yeah and the popularity isn't among like normal people it's the academy yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so it's not like actual out and about people. It's people in, unless they announce ahead of time that we did a vote on our website or something. But yeah. I think it's going to be amongst them. Actually, if we have a most popular movie award at the Academy Awards, why don't we have the People's Choice Award as well, where all the we vote the because movie there goes. is a thing called the People's Choice Awards. Well, the movie choice awards <laughs> from the public, you know? Because it's not the Academy anymore. You, nope. can't, you can't mix it up. Most popular movie is mixing it up, though, isn't it? It's, it's going off. No, it's still within the Academy, their own little world, their own little biases, their own little politics. It's all contained inside of that group of people. And the other announcement the Academy made was they're going to try and keep the uh, ceremony down to three hours. <laughs> well done. Can I mean, I don't care how long it is. I mean, it can get boring, but three I don't hours think that's is still, a factor. When you say we're going to keep it down to three hours, three hours is still very long for an, for an award ceremony, right? Uh, I, I could understand yeah, if you said... Yeah, I mean, if it's fun and interesting, but it's not always. Yeah, I could understand if they were saying, oh, we'll keep it to 90 minutes, because that would be quite difficult if you were going to do that. I mean, it wouldn't. You just cut out all the bullshit, do it, stop with all the stupid jokes, stop with all the banter... You get down to it. We've got these 15 awards, I think it is, about to give out. or It's less than that, probably. And we'll just do it. We're done. Not enough commercial breaks. Correct. (laughs) Not enough commercial time is the problem. (laughs) All right. So, um, yes, we look forward to the big changes in the Academy Awards. We do? I don't. I don't care anymore. So we'll see. I care. I know you do. I do enjoy it every year. But then I said to you, can you remember what? this year's Academy Award for Best Picture was, <laughs> and we both had to think about it. <laughs> Could not remember. And if you are thinking about it, I'll give you a second, it's The Shape of Water. We ne- we didn't see it, neither of us. No. Nope. So um, 
It is Saturday, August the 11th. This is After the Show. We're a movie review podcast, and this is episode 543. We're looking at a movie this week called Avengers Infinity War. It's a very small, independent movie, as usual. It's released on 2018. It's released on Blu-ray this upcoming Tuesday, August the 14th. You can get it on 4K Blu-ray. It's also available digitally already. It's rated PG-13, and it's from our friends at Disney and Marvel, who sent us a copy of the 4K for review. And Sid Talk will give you the short synopsis of Avengers Infinity War. And her synopsis will not include a review of the movie. No, she's not giving you a synopsis of the biggest movie of all time. Financially, anyway. If you haven't seen it, you're going to watch it because you're listening to this. You don't need me to tell you. It's a superhero movie with a very bad guy and a lot of action happens. That's (laughs) that's it. That's it. You got a bunch of people coming together from all these other movies. Big bad guy. Universe is involved. Period. All right. So let's... um, (laughs) There could be spoilers. This This movie has a lot of things going on in it. And um, as I just described, saving the universe revolves around a lot of things happening. It would be hard to discuss without some spoilers here and there. So if you haven't seen it, and most people have, uh, come back after you've seen it. And if you don't care, stick around. If you don't care, why are you listening? (laughs) Maybe they just Just like our our charm, our banter and wit. Fair enough. All right. So uh, Avengers Infinity War, the third in the Avengers movies and the... 19th Marvel movie, spanning uh, 10 years, exactly 10 years. 19th? Yeah. Movie or TV and movies together? No, just the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I don't believe that. You don't believe there's 19 movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Sounds like a lot. There'll actually be 20 now because Ant-Man and the Wasp is out as well. True. I guess. I'll have to look at a list. (laughs) It's correct. (laughs) My skepticism is just as How many did you think there were? I don't know, like 10. Oh, no, 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 no. There's a lot. <laughs> there's three Iron Men. There's three Captain America. You don't America. need to tell me all of them. Okay, that's fine. We there's can move on. There's three Avengers. There's nine. So um, what did you think of Avengers Infinity War? It was really uh, What do fun. you think of Marvel movies in general? Marvel movies are fun, big, you know... Like, that's really it. There's not a lot of um, thinking or life-changing going on, but it's just a bunch of fun and, you know, hero moments, literally. And, you know, defending our lives as humans and defending the universe and all that. And, um, I don't know, it's stimulating. But I don't walk... I don't have a memory of any of them really very deeply. I actually remember the shows on Netflix more than the movies. Really? Impactful as, because so much action over a couple of hours at a time in the movies equals that's what fills my brain. That's my least interesting thing about any movie, is the action. So it just disappears, and what I have left is good guy, bad guy. Okay, no big deal. Almost every movie's about that in some way, shape, or form. But in the TV shows, you get enough time, lots of time to get to know the people and the relationships, and the action actually ends up being formulaic but a little piece of each episode and so it doesn't dominate my memory even luke cage you know mr invincible or whatever he is his show isn't just about action 
superheroing. It's a lot about people and, you know. So as far as this Marvel Cinematic Universe, which I'm not going to do this stupid acronym or whatever you call it, the abbreviation, just call it what it is. It's just fun movies that come and go and we would have been fine in the whole world without them and we'll be fine when they're done and we all move on to something else. Now I feel, reading Marvel (laughs) comics as a child, that I always wanted them to do big screen versions of the comics that I read. And they did over the years, didn't they? I mean, Superman was a success for me. You know, the Christopher Reeve Superman. I loved that as a kid. It was the comic book on the screen. Um, You know, but the technology wasn't there, was it? And over the years, um, when Marvel, I think it was in 2000-ish, said, oh, we're going to be doing this Iron Man movie, I was like, oh, I hope they get it right now. And I believe they've got it right every step of the way here with all these movies. There isn't one that I've disliked. Um, I was going to say Ang Lee's The Hulk I disliked, but that's actually not part of this. No. That one got uh, nixed. So uh, the other Hulk with um, Edward Norton is. Is it? Yeah, that actually is. Because changed Hulks in there. Yeah, that's part of this MCU. Oh my God, don't be obnoxious just for the sake of it. You can say words. It's okay. We have time. This is this is part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Thank you. Um, the the Hulk. So that's a bit weird because the Hulk actually changes person at some point. <laughs> but still, it shouldn't be weird. We're talking about movies where you know all the other. If stuff you went happens. to, if you watched them all in a row, now you know decided to have a big binge of Marvel. That would be. It. There's no explanation for the Hulk changing. Oh, maybe they do. They make a joke out of it. Yeah, all right. They do. They say something about you don't look like something. You know, remember? Mm -mm. They make a joke the first time Mark Ruffalo's on the screen. They make a joke about it. But that's all. That's how they kind of... Oh, he said, I'm back. Yeah, I'm back. That's all he said. No, I'm not talking about in this movie. I'm talking about back when the new Hulk appeared in the Avengers. Um, So... Avengers Infinity War, you know, it took 10 years to get to this point. It is the most unique film I have ever watched in this way of, of a franchise, including Star Wars and all the franchises I've watched. Because there are no films, it's, this, when they say this hasn't been done before, it hasn't. Where, is this a bit of spoiler? Is no, this a spoiler? No, I'm just saying, me? where like a series of films, you know, develops all the characters and then a you know, this is a big giant chapter in this huge story. Um, it, You know all the... I said to you while we were watching it, why this is really good is they don't have to character develop anybody. The, the second anybody appears on the screen as a Marvel watcher, you know who they are, you know where they came from. There is no questions in your mind about anybody. Like, who's he? What's that? And it really works. And I was thinking with this movie as I was watching it, because there is so much going on, and I'm telling you, this is the most action-packed movie I've seen. There isn't no downtime in this movie, is there? It's just action from the beginning to yeah. the end. Um, there's, it never slows down. And just when you think, oh, I, I, you think it's going one way, then like some other characters appear that you'd forgot about, and you're like, oh, wow, yeah, we're doing this now. This, this is like, what, maybe five, six different stories all going on at once. But the way it's cut between them, it's really varied, like it, like it's a soup. Like 
one time you're in space, then you're back on Earth, then you're on a different planet. There's never a moment where you're like, oh, this is outstated, it's welcome. Because it never does. Like So I'm, I'm amazed how they can get all of that onto the screen for two and a half hours and it not become just a, like a mess. Like, you know, yeah. too many things going on at once. It's just really well put together. And I think it's partly down to Anthony and Joe Russo, who did my other favorite Marvel movie, by the way, is uh, The Winter Soldier. I just love the vibe of that movie. And these guys directed that movie. And they've just got a really good handle on how this all works. Now, um, what did you think of the action? Do you like, do you think it was... It's fine. There's a lot of ragdolling going on at times and a little bit of people not attached to the surface they were walking on or jumping toward or whatever. But, you know, there's a lot going on. So you can, but because I'm not infatuated with it, like some people are, I don't sit there just in a, in bathing in like happiness because of it. Cause I could do with every single battle being a third as long as it is, even though I like the, the oomph of it all. I just say, let's get on with, I'd rather have a 10 minute learning scene about people or planning than a 10 minute scene about with fighting. So they're fine. They kind of get you, you know, going, but then after just a little bit, I'm ready to like, let's, uh, let's resolve this and then go on. How do you feel about, um, the baddie Thanos? I mean, he's been introduced to us throughout the different Marvel movies slightly, not had much screen time, to be honest. You usually yeah. see him at the end of a movie where they kind of show him sat there or, you know. I appreciate that his character would have been invented whenever, right? 60s. And I don't know who invented him. If it was Stanley. I don't know if it was him. It could have been that other guy, right? Kirby and Lee. I think it was both of them. Right. So the idea that this guy with a god complex... Okay, spoiler territory. We're going here. God complex thinks that not just humans, all species on all planets are too overpopulated, and they're they're just like in like um, Mr. Smith, Agent Smith in the Matrix. He's like, ugh, you're like insects. You just reproduce and like ruin everything you, everything around you. You deplete your resources, and then you know that's how he sees everything in the whole universe. Whole universe let's not just focus in on earth here we just got caught in the battle because our different superheroes kept coming around for whatever reasons so he's he thinks if we just eliminate half of every living thing every living species like humans i'm assuming and all the other species not just like I don't know about cats and dogs and cows or anything like that. I think he means everything. <laughs> yeah. Half of everything. We didn't see that. That would have been a good little bonus to see like horses disappearing yeah. or like a whole field of buffalo or something like that where you're like, oh shit, he's talking about Hold like on. everything. Are you, are you saying he actually d- delivers on this plan? Are you you just said it would be good to see it. Are you saying? <laughs> good to deliver on it? I said spoilers. <laughs> But that's not a new idea. Again, it's not like inventive. You know, we have had God complex people in many, 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 many stories of humanity from the time we tell stories. And then we have real people who have God complexes, like horrible people like Adolf Hitler and lots of dictators around the world who think they can solve all problems by picking and choosing who gets to live and who gets to die. So that's nothing new. So that was a bit of a like, uh, okay. So that's his motivation. It's also better James- than well to wealth and fame or anything, but still, I was like, okay, because that 
idea in his head, you cannot change. You cannot undo him. You either have to destroy him or he wins. Spoiler alert. <laughs> so that, I kind of liked that part of it. That there is no getting this. He's hero, very this, singular focused. Yes. And he's completely convinced he's right. And for no gain other than to know he's done it. So yeah. that's an interesting thing on a bad guy who's so bad he could. But then that's subjective, right? Is it bad? Because the way he describes his own plan, you'd be like, hmm, that's not a bad idea. I actually said to you, that's <laughs> yeah. actually, doesn't seem like a bad plan. It is a horrible plan. You don't get to pick and choose who dies. No, just I said let it nature take its course. Uh, if you look at it from a top level like he is doing, and you go like, well, this is wrong, that is wrong, this is wrong. If I removed half of everything, it would be better and probably not explode itself and ruin itself. I wouldn't presume to, to make that decision. No. Seems like a good top-level plan, though, looking down on it. <laughs> it isn't, though. <laughs> Listen to you. That's gross. No, it's not a good plan. I'm with It's Thomas. not nature. It's not how the universe works. The universe picks and chooses for you, not like a person deciding it or whatever he is, wherever he's from. Titan. So I liked him in that aspect, that he was unwavering and, you know. Also um, very intimidating, I think, on the screen. I think he brought it to life quite yeah, well, Josh Brolin. I agree. It's Josh Brolin's not it. It's a CG creation, but he's the you know motion capture and the voice. But it's it's big. It's Thanos is big. Sometimes they get the scale of him wrong. I noticed, like the little girl's holding onto his hand, and yeah. his hand looks giant. And then in another shot, I'm like, well, his hand doesn't look giant anymore. Like, Not all, there, like, it was pretty good, but yeah. Yeah, but um, he's intimidating. His voice is intimidating. He's not an idiot as well. It's not, you know, some of these buddies are like, <laughs> you know, I'm going to destroy the world. <laughs> Become fumbly at some point. Yeah. yeah, he's not like that. He's think he's a thinker. He's got a lot of emotions, actually, because uh, there is a moment where he shows his full range of emotions, right? Yeah. Something he has to do that... Um, is unthinkable to any to anybody, <laughs> and he does it, but shows the emotion. Doesn't just do it in the baddy way of, ha, 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 I've done it now, the world is mine. So I really like that. He, he was a thinker. It's not the first parent-child relationship that's gone very, very wrong because of the need to control the universe. No. Or a galaxy. Hint, hint. <laughs> there have been others. <laughs> so they introduce, like, everybody in this movie... Anybody you can think of from these Marvel movies over the years, including some surprise ones that I had no idea were anything to do with it. A couple were missing. Uh, there are t yeah, Ant-Man is missing. And they explain him away in like one sentence, right? Yeah. Um, but he's the only one missing, right? Ant-Man and the Wasp. That's it. Everybody else is No, in. Hawkeye or whatever his name is. Oh, yeah, Hawkeye. Oh, yeah. yeah. I never even thought they of him. Said, they that. said both of them, but they weren't there because right. of their family. Is that because Jeremy Renner was busy or something? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe he was like, you know what? I'm over it. Why aren't you all over it? You know what? I didn't even re think about Hawkeye. <gasps> I know they did mention him in the movie, but like, I, I, I glossed over it, and then I was like, well, you're he's kind of crap anyway, ain't he? What would he do? Fire an arrow at somebody? He's not crap. Hawkeye, yes, they even made fun of him. I mean, the last Natasha, Avengers she movie. just fights. She's got no superpowers. She just kicks the shit out of everybody. Who? Natasha. She yeah, ain't she... strong or anything extra. She's no. just badass fighter. And he's a badass arrow shooter. Put I'm Hawkeye not saying up he's against Thanos. 
Well, put Natasha up against Thanos, and she still kicked him in the face a few times <laughs> and kicked the shit out of that other chick. And I think that having a superpower is not the key to success here. I think that was rude, and I'm still not a Haw- Hawkeye, Buckeye, whatever his name is. <laughs> I'm not a huge fan either, but I don't think it's because he just shoots arrows. And they So they kind of introduce it all really well, I thought. They go through each franchise almost. Like, you know, they start with, like, Tony Stark... And then, you know, you, who do you meet next? The uh, the Guardians? You know? And they all feel like their own little films to me. Like, oh, we're in the Guardians of the Galaxy part. We're in the, the Iron Man part. We're in the Doctor Strange bit, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like almost like you're watching miniature versions of all the films you've come to know and love. Which could be annoying to some people. Because right. then you're jumping, jumping, jumping around. And they may not get enough of the one thing they want the most of. But right. I felt like it was done well. Yeah, it was... Equally shared, I think. The only the only um, story that I thought was smaller and I would have liked more of was Vision and the Scarlet Witch. It was mm. it was kind yeah. of small. Like there's a little fight with them, and they were when in, in fact it was quite essential. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and um, I really like Vision. I've always wanted it to be explained a bit more about him and stuff. But uh, this movie doesn't have room for any of that, does it? To really go into characters. It's just really like we'll get them all together. True. And then there's a big fight. Um, Wakanda is featured after... I loved Black Panther. I thought thought that was really good. And Wakanda is a real big feature in this movie. They go there and there's a big battle there. I think that takes up a lot of the screen time, right? The Wakanda section. Mm -hmm. Um, But in a good way. Other than I'm not big into the relentless battle thing, but it still showed the fight they're up against. So, and I'm guardians of the galaxy is one of my favorite parts of the Marvel thing. And I I remember when they first advertised guardians of the galaxy and I was like, Oh, I don't know about that. I don't, I don't know them, but I mean, they've grown me a lot and it's very, very funny. The guardians of the galaxy, but in fact, I laughed at this one more than I laughed at the actual two movies. The part with Drax, where he's standing very still. That's the funniest part of this movie. I couldn't stop laughing. It was hilarious. It was funny. I mean, I laughed out loud like, oh my God. It's like, how long have you been standing there? An hour. Yeah, he's just stood. Like, oh my God, that's hilarious. <laughs> he's convinced that he's, if he stands, if he, he's convinced that he can stand so still, nobody can actually see him anymore. He goes invisible. But that's not true. Like, <laughs> But there's a lot of, it's hilarious actually. There's a lot of, Funny banter between because of like the heavy nature of this movie, there's a lot of funny banter between everybody, but I don't feel like it makes it silly. Like, yeah, it'd be a, it's a hard balance, but I think it, it they did a good job because we've just got off the bat. We just seen Thor Ragnarok like recently, and that one kind of took it in like a funny kind of way. It was more funny than the rest of them, and that kind of. You know, Guardians of the Galaxy is also quite funny too. Whereas when you got to Black Panther, that was very serious Black Panther. It was like a almost a political statement even. Mm-hmm. So they mix it really well. And this movie mixes it really well too. You know, when we get to the Wakanda part, nobody, it's not funny. It's it, within its... It's how the movie of Black Panther is. But then when our superheroes come in, then maybe they'll do some banter with each other. Um, Now... The big elephant in the room on this movie, you can explain. Elephant in the room? Yeah. 
This I don't mi- remember st- an elephant in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I wasn't I was not paying attention. Stuff happens in this movie that is A, un- to me, like, I didn't expect this, what happened. And B, um, kind of ballsy for a Disney Marvel. Any so we're going of- with the big spoiler. Yeah. Like, which I've well, already said, pretty much. Yeah, well, you can say yeah. it now. He wants definitive. to kill half of every living thing or living alien that dominates each planet, maybe. Every type, human type creature in the universe. And when he snaps his fingers... We actually see it happen. Dun, dun, dun. And it is very effective. <laughs> it's jarring. You're like, <gasps> that was worth all the long battle scenes. It was worth the 10 years of wait almost. I was like, you know what? The way it is actually portrayed on the screen too, you're not quite sure what he did or whether he did it. Like you're like. Correct. He, he does. He, he does click his fingers and, and he disappears. And you're like, okay, what's happening? Like, And I was looking and I was like. I said to you, uh, he did it. Did he? Did he? <laughs> did it work? When I said he did it, the, the second I said it, people started to disappear. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> like this movie, I didn't expect them it to do it, you know, because we're so used to all Marvel movies. What happens? What you said earlier. Triumphant. We fight a baddie. We win over a baddie. And the earth is safe, right? There but to is be never fair. A, yeah. And even you've said in prior reviews of Marvel movies, well, you can always know what to expect. Like, you're going to beat the buddy. You might not know how, but they're going to beat them. Actually, don't beat him in this. I mean, it's... Still a question mark, though. That's the hook. Yeah, this is definitely a question mark, but... It doesn't leave you thinking that necessarily, but, you know, we all... I mean, we all... We're all grown up. We all know. (laughs) I mean, it's just the same as when you bring the new comic book home and you read the latest Marvel comic book and they kill um, Tony Stark. You know that that's not the end of the Iron Man comics. What about... Superman died. Yeah, that... I'm sorry, I know that's another world, but... That one they tried to... That Superman dies in Batman versus Superman and then they go a whole movie, the Suicide Squad and all that, and like, oh... And it's quite clear that Superman... You don't kill Superman. He's Superman, right? You don't probably don't kill the Avengers either. But I don't know. I See, all bets are off for this movie for me, right? Yes, we're all grown-ups here, and we probably can surmise that in the next Avengers movie, some kind of time reversal or something will happen to bring back some of these heroes that we've lost. But... You have no idea. No, I'm just saying that, that that's... That's you clinging to hope. Yeah. But even if that happens, we don't know who will survive that. Like, it, it, we, you could still lose a bunch of characters that you love. And it's the, the most shocking parts for me where people start to die at the end is literally um, the whole of the Guardians of the Galaxy just disappear. Big time spoilers here. He's not letting up on I mean, people. I mean, that Guardians of the Galaxy all disappear apart from Rocket. All of them. <laughs> and Spider-Man. Who else? Name them all. You're on. You're telling them everything. I wasn't going to tell them all that, but okay, you tell them. I think they already know. Spider-Man. No, they don't know that these Black people Panther. are. You're totally going for it. Yep. I said spoilers. Black Panther, Spider-Man. Who else? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think. Even though. You have to think of them yourself. Drax. Peter. <laughs> Not the Hulk. The Hulk didn't die, did he? I don't think so. No, he was in the suit at the back. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't. Um, what the hell? And uh, a lot of them die. And, I mean, 
the movie actually uh, other characters that the big event where he clicks his fingers, a lot of them die. <laughs> but prior to that, throughout the movie, there are deaths like mm-hmm. periodically that are just out of nowhere, and you're like, "Holy crap!" Um, so it is just. And then if you don't think about like, well, you think all your favorite characters or most of your favorite characters are dead at the end. Then you also have to think on the grander scale of things that um, half of the universe is also dead. Yeah. Half of the universe. So that would include people you know, possibly you, right? Correct. Um, And all the other planets and everything. Like, it's crazy. It's a crazy, crazy scale. Often you've complained about Marvel movies or these type of movies not having a good enough... um, yeah, they just want everybody to feel strong and powerful at the end instead of being like, what? Yeah, and you've you've said before that there's not enough, um, you don't feel a global terror or anything. Correct. No grit. I still didn't in this one. You need to show me 50 different planets very quickly of all kinds of species doing the same thing. Then I would have felt more like, whoa. Did it not make you feel like that, though, when people started to go? Not fully. You just showed me Earth. There's a scene after the credits, too. Yeah, still Earth. That is also like, holy crap. Some stuff happens there where you're like, just it's just pretty epic. Um, I didn't expect it. It's a massive downer. Obviously, <laughs> obviously there's going to be an, uh, a uh, second half to this at some point, and uh, it, that will probably be the up where we do win over Thanos. But then, what do we do when we won Thanos? How do you exactly beat that? who beats like, that? <laughs> how what's a bigger threat than that? Correct. Is the next guy going to click his fingers and everything ends, not just half of it? Is that good enough? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? You might have raised the stakes too high, or is there no such thing? You're asking me? Yeah. That just sounds like a rhetorical question. I don't know. I I don't know. I think that once you've blown your wad on, like, the entire universe at threat, there's no, yeah, there's nothing else that matters because you've saved the whole universe. So if you're just saving Earth, oh, big deal. Earth is, like... Nothing in the whole of the universe. So we didn't save anything here. We just destroyed We're at the end, right? And a lot of our heroes are gone. And then next up is Ant-Man and the Wasp in a few months on Blu-ray. How, why do we care anymore about Ant-Man? I know, that's my problem. Like, Ant-Man and the Wasp takes place before this all happens. But still, it's just a small, minute thing, isn't it, compared to this? Like Correct. Anything, it, well... Maybe that's the idea. That Maybe that's why they chose Ant-Man to be the next movie. A small, minute thing. Because he is an ant. Um, so, I thought this movie was super effective. I didn't expect that to happen. I'd still... I've not... You, apparently you already knew, but I'd not... I'd still clear of spoilers. Knew what? Didn't you say you, you'd read No, I knew nothing. It? All I saw was people were surprised at the end. That was it. Right. Not the end. They were surprised not at the end. They were surprised at the ending. I did not know the ending. But you knew to be surprised by the ending. No, because people are stupid. So I just figured people like them. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know exactly what they meant, but that was the theme of a lot of little headlines that I would see. I would have been surprised if one superhero died, to be honest. I'd have been, if, say, say, Tony Stark died at the end of this, that would have been a huge... I'd have been like, oh, shit, Tony Stark died. 
<laughs> but this is way bigger than that. Like, it, you know. I think we keep focusing on that when, in fact, it's superhero world where anything is. This is a man who snapped his finger and killed half of everything in the universe. Anything is possible. Yeah. Anything. So to speculate about how this really will go, it seems a bit funny. Because it it's just sort of like wasting your time until you get there. Because the people writing it will tell you what happens. I mean, like I said to you, Black Panther made like $1 billion. Do you think you would remove the Black Panther from the equation when you're probably going to make Are a Black Panther? Are you saying that's all it's about? Well, it's <laughs> a, it is a juggernaut of money and Disney true. and all that at the end of the day, right? True, true. You know, I don't know. They killed Luke Skywalker. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> you should supposed to say it first. You don't say it after. Well, I think I think you're turning that, into one of those people you hate to watch. That loose guy, listen you know, to. that movie's been out for over a year. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We've mm-hmm. reviewed it. We've seen it twice. I've seen it four times. I still won't spoil some movies that have been out for 20 years. So you know, unless it's accidental. Wait, what wouldn't you? What's, I'm not bringing them up because you'll spoil. Would you them. spoil the Sixth Sense? That's not one of them. I hadn't thought of that one. <laughs> <laughs> you only have to say one line, and that whole movie's ruined if you've never seen it. Really. There, there are movies like that, aren't they, where you can literally ruin them in a second. Yeah. But anyway, you, the you Avengers Infinity War. Let's get on to the cast. Robert Downey Jr. plays Tony Stark Iron Man. I do believe that he was kind of phoning it in in this movie. Oh, yeah. He's never that much different, to be fair. It's, he almost, in the scenes at the beginning, no joke, it looked like he didn't want to be there. You know? I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, it just seemed very, he just seemed very, I don't know, maybe he was just trying to be like, oh, this is so serious, what's happening here? I have to be really low-key, you know, low-key. Ah, oh, good one. Yeah, that's a Marvel joke. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Hemsworth returns as Thor with his new haircut. Are we going through the whole cast? Yeah. Come on, there's too many. You're going to miss somebody. This is not cast, just what I've wrote down. Yeah, you're going to miss somebody. Right. Some, of the, some people were better than I see them on your list there. The only people I'm going through. I mean, if you're in a rush, are you in a rush? I'm not in a rush. I'm just saying there's like 20 people who are main players. All right, you name them then. I don't know their names. All right, but you I mean, name, the King you just... and Michonne and Amy Pond. <laughs> I like all of them. Everyone's fine. A little bit dry and boring. I'd say Chris Evans, Robert Downey Jr., um, Chris Hemsworth really does a good job. I like him. Mark Ruffalo keeps pulling himself into this a little bit more, like, a little more weak and afraid kind of character. I don't know what Banner. the deal with that is. Yeah, I think it's just the contrast. And then he kind of gets the balls whenever he's the Hulk. And, you know, Scarlett Johansson's fine. But to be honest, there, we didn't get a lot out of her except for fighting. Which she is, is fine. finally getting an, her own movie. She does a good job. Benedict Cumberbatch, I think he's fine. He does He does him. He Doctor does Strange him. is one of the most interesting ones of he them He is, all. I like him. But then his guy that was with him, I like him. He was one. brief, but good. Um, you know, there's so many. I don't know how you could even say. I don't feel like there was any super bad weak link. No, everybody, what they did Spider-Man in their individual... Spider-Man guy was good. You don't have him on the list. What they did in their individual films, they do well here. I still, I think the Guardians of the Galaxy, I think they did it. It was almost like watching Guardians of the Galaxy 3, their parts. Yeah, you don't have any of them, and you don't have Witchy Girl, and you don't have the guy with the thing in his head. That's why, you know, I didn't write them all down, because you would have said, have you, have you wrote them all down? So no, I just I picked the ones I, just, I, I picked the ones I liked. I think overall, this one would have been like, everybody's fine. Josh Brolin as Thanos. Fine. 
Good. Fine. You know, we've seen him before, but we haven't seen him before. I thought his range of emotion was really good. Like, you could actually see the emotion on the CG face. Sometimes. Sometimes it's just like a big lump of plastic. I like it. So, yeah, we'll breeze over everybody. (laughs) Uh, Directed by Anthony and Joe Russo. They also directed The Winter Soldier and Captain America Civil War, which I think were two of the most excellent Marvel movies. What do you think of these two brothers? Um, I don't know about them specifically, but I think they do a good job holding this whole big narrative together and each individual thing. Because it's mo- everybody's mostly in a seat in a green room with dots on their faces or in weird outfits probably a lot of the time, you know. Um, I think they do a good job of holding it all together and getting everybody to do their thing with an impassioned moment. Most of them, even like witchy girl, woman, and the dude, you know, there's emotion there. Scarlet witch. Yes. And, <laughs> and vision. vision. Yeah. Um, you know, they're moments. So to pull that out of somebody when you know that you're talking about a $300 million flick and you're probably on different kind of time schedule and all that, I think they did a fine job. Now, I was um, kind of... I don't know if they could be credited with it, but they did a good job as far as the end result. I was kind of afraid that the Guardians of the Galaxy portions of this, without James Gunn directing them, would feel different in some way. And I don't know how much um, James Gunn involvement there was in those scenes, but they didn't. They felt just like another Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Yeah. Um, I was, you know, I I see them as, as James Gunn's thing. And when somebody else is in charge of somebody else's thing, sometimes it doesn't work as well. Yeah, but that just shows you that these are very well-contained and well-controlled by the actual corporation that owns them. Yeah. So that nobody has like a breakout little vibe they can do other than um, the shows on Netflix. You know, that's a whole different thing. Same company owns it all, but put it on Netflix, make the TV shows. They're very different from each other. And from this whole universe. But the universe on the movie screen, pretty much all the same to me. Their origin stories might be have a little different vibe from now than then. I mean, Iron Man's origin story was quite gritty and, you know. In his cave in Afghanistan. Yeah, and, yeah. and you know, you get other ones um, that are a little more blockbustery. You know, Captain America is pretty much big time. and Doctor Strange was felt a bit d- experimental almost. Yeah. Kind True, his was the most different, but it still fit. Yeah. So yeah, the, it's I, I love this franchise. I love what they've done in ten years. They've done, they've made this amazing universe. They've introduced non-comic book readers, like I don't read comics as an adult, to characters I didn't know. You didn't know the Guardians of the Galaxy before you saw the movie. No, you probably didn't know. You probably have never read Captain America. You know who he is, but you've not read his stories. I didn't know who he was either. I just heard the name. Right. So most of these, I'd never heard of Black Panther, never heard of Black Panther, and watched Black Panther, and it was one of my favorite. You know, they've, mm-hmm. they've done a consistently good job of managing these Marvel movies. I'm not sick of superhero movies yet. It's been 10 years. Are you sick of them? Um, not sick of it necessarily, but... If we're peeking at protecting the entire universe, I don't know where to go, so I don't know what else can interest me. Well, I mean, saving a cat from a tree, or a town from a mob boss, or more aliens that are 
what, trying to take over New York City? You know, when you say all that, it's like, oh, that's small. That's small compared to, like, save the universe. So it would have to be in line with what they've done in this movie and keep going from there. And the result and the aftermath and the consequence and the rebuild and all that, where maybe bad guys who weren't bad guys before can now swoop in and take total advantage. And, you know, I don't know how else to go with it, but it's even that doesn't sound as interesting. But I like superheroes. I dislike the quieter version. Like I loved Unbroken or Unbreakable. Yeah. You know, that idea where it's like, whoa. Who else have we, we've seen other ones where a couple others where it was like, whoa, he's like a superhero and doesn't know it. Not exactly like unbroken, but or unbreakable. <laughs> Keep calling him unbroken. Yeah. Split. So we'll see. It depends on how split was fine, but it didn't really trip my trigger the way it did yours until you got to I the mean end. split slit it's really just like unbreakable, but the baddie version of unbreakable, right? Mm-hmm. I mean it's like the the other side of that story. Um so yeah, this I'm trying. You know, I'd like to say, well, this is my favorite superhero Marvel movie so far. I super enjoyed this. I could watch it again right now, <laughs> but I still think the Winter Soldier is my favorite of them all. Robert Redford, really, just got a really good vibe to it. It's kind of almost like an espionage thriller. Like it's it's less superheroy. And more kind of undergroundy, kind of spy stuff. Yeah, I really like that about it. It felt different to the others. Um, but this, I for the whole two and a half hours, I did not think, oh, is this over yet, or anything like that. You know? It's yeah, just no, so- me either. I was into it. I kind of felt the vibe of the ending coming, and I was like, this, oh, what's going to happen? And then it was the over, and I was like, ever. whoa, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I need more. Give me another hour. I said to you, some children watching this in the theater. Yeah. <laughs> there must have been some teary eyes. Daddy, know. what happened to Spider-Man? What ha- where's Spider-Man? <laughs> You'd have to explain that. Um, uh, well, listen, he just turned to dust, <laughs> but then we'll, they'll reverse that in the next film and he'll be back. Or he just turned to dust. Get over it. <laughs> yeah, it's just happens. fiction. Grow up, you seven-year-old. <laughs> yeah, that's the cruel version. Correct. <laughs> I'm not a parent, so I don't have to be nice. So extras on the... Blu-ray, there are deleted scenes. There are uh, four featurettes. There's a gag reel. And there is audio commentary with the directors. And um, if you redeem the digital copy, you get a director's roundtable. I'm not sure what that is exactly, but I'd be interested to see it. But because we're a bit early with this review, I can't redeem the digital copy until it comes out. So I'll let you know what that is. Um, Extras, they're... You remember when Marvel used to do really good extras on Blu-rays, like a nice documentary, and they've kind of gone away from that? Mm-hmm. These are more like promotional extras where it's like, hey, we're a Marvel, and this is what we've been leading to for 10 years, and we're up in the ante, and we're, you know, they say things like that, and the stakes are really high. You know, it's just very like soundbitey with mm-hmm. clips from the movies. Yeah. I couldn't believe, uh, you know, when it showed you clips from the original Avengers and the camera was... Sp- I was like, wow, everybody looks really different. I, In my mind, they look like they do now. Like you, have, a, you have a thing with that, though. You can't hardly cope with I aging. Can't even it's very re- weird. I can't even remember Thor having long hair now. Like, after seeing him in two movies with short hair. When he's got long hair, it looks like he's got a wig on now. It looks weird. <laughs> he did, <laughs> probably. <laughs> 
So, um, yeah, there are extras. There's not a whole bunch. It does say on the cover there's over two hours of bonus. But you know why there's over two hours of bonus? The commentary is two hours and 30 minutes. So <laughs> that's why. So, um, yeah, there are extras, but like I say, they're not the best. So in conclusion, Avengers Infinity War. I, it's an absolute must. If you're a Marvel fan, you've seen it already. And you're going to get it on home video anyway, and you're going to see it again, and you're going to see it again and again and again. If you're not Possibly, a Marvel fan, yes. you're probably not. <laughs> not true. I think you can have fun with it, whether you're a Marvel fan or not. I don't think this is the movie to dip in on, though, is it? Because like, you need to have seen some of the others. If you just want big action, it explains enough to you about what this guy's plan is for you to kind of get on with it. But yeah, you don't know the characters well enough yeah. to appreciate the jokes and the references. Because this movie just relies that you, you've seen them all. And like, here are the Guardians of the Galaxy and the music is playing and you know exactly what this is, right? It's all... If you were a first-timer just coming into this movie, you'd be like, who are these people in the spaceship? I don't... It yeah. None of this... I mean, you might know the Hulk just from knowing the Hulk on 70s TV. But yeah, I highly recommend it. What about Sid Talk here? Um, I, I, you know, if you like to get a bowl of popcorn and have a beer or a soda and just kick back and have a good time, it's a pretty good time. It's more than a pretty good time. It's freaking <laughs> epic. Come on. It depends. I mean, it really depends. I wouldn't recommend it to everyone. I would recommend it to anybody who's into superhero movies or big blockbuster extravaganzas. It's about as big as you can get from these kind of movies. It may, almost makes a movie that came out around the same time, which was, um, God, I can't even remember the name, oh, Justice League. It makes that look like amateur hour, right? <laughs> I mean, it, what that, that boss in that one, Steppenwolf, what a load of old crap. Come on. I don't know if it was crap, but it definitely wasn't menacing enough for me. It was just CG crap, just in a like in a circular room spinning around. It was it's pretty much amateur hour that movie compared to this. I mean, DC. I think it's quite dismissive, but I understand what you're saying. But I don't know if it's amateur hour. <laughs> DC need to step up the game. Wonder Woman was a good start for that, but Justice League dropped it again. I think compared to what Marvel are doing, Marvel have got it. So um, next week's Blu-ray review is American Animals. It's about some animals from America. The animals, you know? My? Do you know what it's about? No. American Animals. I do not. You know Animal from the Muppets? It's about his trip to America. It isn't. (laughs) (laughs) That I know. (laughs) All right, movie recommendations. I am going with the topic of Avengers Infinity War, my favorite Marvel movie, The Winter Soldier. My second one, because this movie's such a downer, and my other favorite, my favorite franchise of movies is Star Wars: The Empire Strikes Back, the ultimate downer at the end. <laughs> but you, you know, come Return of the Jedi, everything will be good again. So what? Spoilers. What, what are yours? <laughs> my recommendations are Under the Skin, a little bit different version of our Miss Natasha, correct? Yeah, and it's. Indescribable, also about aliens. So, but in a way that you'd be like, what? So I also wouldn't recommend that to everyone, but I'm recommending if you watch kind of a 
bizarre. I love that movie. It's Go good. with the flow, drink a couple glasses of wine, kind of a flow, and then watch it. Did you know that a lot of that movie was improvised? It seemed like it. It's yeah. just a super quiet. You're like, what? She actually drove around in a van around Wales, and uh, they did a lot of that improvised, but just to random people, picking people up in right. the van. I would say just watch it and see what it's about. And then the other one is Train to Busan, which I'm just pulling out of my list of movies that I've watched. It's nothing you will expect. I think it's Korean. It was. And it's really good. It's just a sort of a post-apocalyptic-ish kind of a flick. Zombies. You have to like reading subtitles. But there aren't that many. But still, grow up and read some subtitles. It's really good. Train to Busan. Yeah. That's it. Um, and uh, Ace Scully stuff. I was just thinking uh, earlier how good television is and how good it's been <laughs> over the past few years. And then on Monday, Better Call Saul came back and we watched the first episode, the fourth season. And it reminded me of like how good that show is, how well-crafted it is, how good the acting is. The guy who plays Saul, Bob Oldenkirk, he should get some awards. I think he's like very underrated. Um, playing that Saul character, it's just amazing. What do you think of Better Call Saul? Agree. It's excellent. Also, the guy who plays Mike. The, everybody in it is fantastic. Yeah, everybody's good. Um, what boggles me sometimes is there's a lot of people who are massive fans of Breaking Bad. And they say, oh, uh, I, know, I don't watch that Better Call Saul. Don't, don't watch it. I'm like, it's almost better than Breaking Bad. Ooh, I would call them fighting words. Yeah, I would actually think... As far as drama goes, I think it is more interesting. And you might think, well, it's a prequel to Breaking Bad. So it's got a parameter that it has to work in, but it's made its own kind of story. And it's just as interesting as Breaking Bad's is. Even if it didn't cross paths with Breaking Bad like it does sometimes, I still think it'd be very good, right? Like even if it... Characters from Breaking Bad... I don't know that much about Breaking Bad. I didn't watch it. And so... This, to me, is just him, his story. Right. I know that it leads somewhere, but it's not like a, it's not prominent all the time. Yeah, and like uh, Better Call Saul, like the chicken man from Breaking Bad is a big part of Better Call Saul. But even if he wasn't, I would still be interested in Jimmy's story. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're the things that make you go, oh, yeah, this is a Breaking Bad thing. But it's not necessarily what makes it interesting. It's Bob Odenkirk and um, Kim Wexler. I don't know, actually. Oh, Rhea Seahorn, who plays Kim Wexler. The relationship between them two, the, the any scenes with those two, and the guy, you know, the lawyer guy. He's amazing, too. Harry Hamlin. Yeah. Yeah. And Lenny from Squiggy and Lenny. Lenny yeah, and the, Squiggy. the whole thing is just it's just amazing. And uh, another, another TV show we have been watching every week on HBO on a Sunday night, it's called Sharp Objects based on Gillian Flynn's novel of the same name, starring Amy Adams. What do you think of you Sharp Objects? You tell me what you think. Stop I, I think it's incredible. Um, <laughs> yeah. I said to you, I love True Detective, which is a show that HBO have had two seasons of. There's a new season coming up. And it's along those lines of that. It's dark. And it Very shows dark. like a regular people in a regular town, but like the dark thing underneath it. And... It's, I don't know what to expect. I don't really know where it's going all at all. Like, yeah, but it makes me, it, 
You know, like last week, it was a whole episode with a, what would you call that? The thing they were doing in the back garden. It's like a Oh, it's just like a small town celebration where they're celebrating their, the founding event that made their town. Yeah. But the whole was thing really was extremely <laughs> tense. Like, yeah. you got to see, like, local men being inappropriate, very realistic, like, saying, like, sly comments to women. There's a bit of a fight. Is this what makes it interesting to you? <laughs> no, I'm saying the whole thing was, the whole thing's interesting, but that whole scenario last week, which I didn't know what to expect, I never know what to expect every week. I didn't know that was taking place, obviously. I was like, oh, right, we're doing a whole episode around this event. And then this event turns out to be the most tense and kind of weird thing that's going yeah. on. And you might say, you might watch it and say, well, nothing really happened. But it's so tense, like, in the character, the... I wouldn't say nothing happened. Patricia Clarkson, who plays the mother, the relationship is so weird and, like, hard to take, almost. <laughs> you know, when she goes to the dress store to buy a dress? Yep. It's just, it's real overbearing i i would well give she's it. a bitch let's yeah. just let's just put that out i would there. say the whole feeling of the show is like overbearing it makes me feel on edge like all the time because it is just nightmare so yeah that's sharp objects it's on hbo on sunday nights um and amy adams amazing really yeah really really good like better than i we've seen her in many movies but i think she is better here in this show than she has been in oh, movies. Oh, absolutely. Because it's real meaty, the role, like, and it's, um, there's a lot more time for us to digest the character. Like, we go and see her for two hours in Arrival. That's it, right? We go and see yeah. her in this. We see her for eight hours and get the whole thing. So, um, yeah, that was really good. And uh, I've been playing one game this week called Dead Cells. It's a 2D side-scrolling platformer, and it's like a roguelike game. So you play it over and over and over and over, when you die, you get reincarnated, but you keep things that you've collected on the previous run. So every time you play it again, you're kind of slightly better. And it opens itself up for like different play styles, or you could play it thousands of times, basically. You're trying to get to the end of it. It's a, it's a big maze. But um, you start off very weak. You start collecting these dead cells as they call them like cells of bodies that you kill and uh, then when you die you cash these cells in for to improve your character or the weapons that he has and uh, it just makes you want to keep playing it over and over again just to get a little bit further each time uh, it's really fun it's like old school 2d like 16-bit graphics almost but really flashy because it's brand new um, and it's called dead cells i think it's about 15 bucks on steam it's new check it out so what's for dinner? Uh, oh, I almost said the old one. Uh, Freddy, veggie burger. I'm looking forward to that. I'm hungry. Because we've been doing the Freddy's after movies. Freddy's is custard and steak burgers. We don't eat steak and we don't eat burgers. All custards. <laughs> okay, so I had a cup of frozen custard last night, yes. But um, in fact, I might get one tonight. I know you don't eat it because you're bad belly, but... I really love the veggie burger and those fries, and they give us so many of their little cups of sauce that we've been saving. <laughs> we have condiments in the refrigerator, I, um, like we're in college. <laughs> I had I had a uh, uh, morning star burger on um, last night, and I spread 
that on it. <laughs> it's really good. Very good. <laughs> That's what I'm And just as another note, I did have a family member pass away this week. Actually, this morning. He was 94 years old. Would have been 95 September 4th, which is coming up very shortly. He was a dynamic, inspirational kind of a guy. Dancer. He was. He danced for the last 25, 30 years. He would travel up to 150 miles away in a big circle, any up to 150, 200 miles away from his hometown, even driving when we all knew he shouldn't be driving anymore, just to dance. And he learned, I fig- I was told, he learned how to polka, square dance, ballroom dance, tango, salsa, modern dance he took because he wanted to know what the kids were doing. He always had a young at heart, always. I mean... He loved kids and he loved encouraging people to treat kids with like respect and have a good time and don't be hard on the kids. In the last 22 years, he had two knee replacements, hip replacement, cancer twice with chemo and radiation. And still, days when he would do chemotherapy, he would get in his car and made sure he went early enough in the morning so he could get in his car to go to a dance. And I'm not kidding you. This is this man. He was like, there was just no limit. He to could him. probably have defeated Thanos. You know what? He probably could have sat him down and had a nice <laughs> talk with him and been like, now listen here, Sonny. <laughs> what are you doing? I Look challenge you. Here. Yeah. He'd say, I challenge you to a dance off. <laughs> well, he was dynamic. And he also jumped out of airplanes in World War II and um, owned a car. It was a car lot and a car, like, um, garage, a big one in the town. He's from Des Moines, Iowa, and owned that for several years. And he grew roses in his backyard. I remember when I was a little kid, go to his yard, and there'd be, like, a tunnel of roses that you'd walk through to kind of get into the backyard. And then there were just flowers everywhere. He was just the person that you – and he had a good attitude. He came to a family reunion a few years ago, not feeling well. And his son had passed away four days before. And the funeral was going to be like the next day. And everybody's like, oh, Uncle Wilbur, you don't need to be here today. We would understand. And he's like, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Life goes on. (laughs) So you can't really be like, oh, poor Uncle Wilbur. You have to be like, well, he's done. And he wasn't well at the end. This last couple weeks, he had to stroke and his... So that's when you sometimes say, that yeah, might be I mean, a good he thing. Was, his body was done. He couldn't really communicate anymore. He was just pretty much gone. And so it's like he wouldn't want to be that way. He wouldn't want anyone else to be that way. You know, 94 is a long time. That's a good run. So, so I, bet you, that. I bet you most of us don't last all that long. No. And he was the last of the whole upper generation of our family. He was one of nine children. My brother, he was my grandpa's brother. Um, and all nine of them are gone now. So now it's my mother and her siblings and her first cousins who are the elders of the family. And we all have a thing about family and genealogy and family reunion and all that stuff. So, you know, we will carry on. So goodbye to Uncle Will. <laughs> goodbye, but not forgotten, because I'm looking at pictures of him right this minute. All right. So um, if you want to catch us, you can catch us on aschoolie.com, sidtalk.com. Catch us on Twitter and Facebook. Well, you can catch Sid Talk on Facebook. Facebook's dead to me. <laughs> Facebook hates you. You can also catch the podcast on the iTunes Music Store, the Google Play Store. You can say to your Amazon device, 
whatever the word is to wake it up and then say, listen to After the Show Movie Podcast on TuneIn. It will play you the latest episode. You can also just go to ascully.com, go to the RSS feed. We're also on YouTube. You can email feedback to me at ascully at ascully.com. Don't email Sid Talk. And finally, stay classy, Uncle Wilbur. And I'm going to say, think for yourself or someone will do it for you.